Well, I truly am glad to see you here. As, as Pete said, I got a call from my neighbor this morning. It was zero degrees, and uh, he was kind enough to shovel my three-car driveway for me this morning. So um, my sons-in-law don't have to do that either, so I'm glad. I'm sure they're going to be happy about that too. So you folks from Pennsylvania and Michigan and New Jersey and Ohio know what I'm talking about. It's a beautiful place to be. I kind of was... Not kind of. I was really moved at the prayer service this morning and uh, didn't realize as, as many needs as there are uh, right here, let alone in our families, wherever they may be. Um, and I, I don't know if I'm disturbed with what I heard, concerned about it in terms of the pain that it thrusts upon each and every one of you that are going through some things, but well, the Scriptures gives us some insight on how we can deal with this kind of stuff. I mean, it's part of life. Uh, we weren't guaranteed that uh, life was going to be sunshine and 75 degrees like it is in Phoenix today, forever. You know, uh, it says that the rain what falls upon the just and the unjust as, as much as anything. And I think right now the scales are skewed that maybe it's more than we should have to bear given the fact that we uh, do believe in Christ and because we do have this hope that uh, many people in the world don't have today. But, you know, there's a man here in the Scriptures goes back to the Old Testament, Joseph of Egypt. The young man was 17 years old when the Lord came upon him and gave him a couple of dreams and said, you know, <clears throat> you know you're know, you a chosen person and uh, uh, at some point in your life, you know, it's going to be such that your brothers and even your father are going to bow down to you because of my belief in what I'm going to do with you in your life. And Joseph, being like 17 years old, I think, when that happened, uh, truly grasped that promise of the Lord. He believed it, almost to a fault, because, uh, you know, he told his brothers about this, and that, uh, you know, at some point in time, my sheave is going to be raised up over yours, and yours are going to bow to me, and even his dad. And, 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 and Joseph was his father's favorite son and made no bones about that to the other boys in the family. Made him this coat of many colors, made him stand out even more so than the rest of them. And here's God giving him this, uh, this dream about how you will raise up over everybody in time. Well, needless to say, his, his brothers didn't quite like that too much. They even went beyond disliking him, they hated him. And one morning, uh, his dad, Jacob, says, uh, I want you to go check on your brothers. They're out in the fields tending the sheep, and I want you to go out there and see how they're doing. So they're, the brothers are sitting there around a campfire. They're kind of resting, and they see Joseph coming down the street, down the road. And they start mumbling and grumbling. that We've got to do something about this guy. He's a real pain. He's a real threat. And I don't like it. So they all collaborated and they decided what they're going to do just to get rid of them is uh, there was a pit nearby where they were at. And they said, you know, what we're going to do is just going to chuck them in the pit and just kind of walk away and tell our father that, you know, 
he got killed in the wilderness. And that's what they did. And here's Joseph who woke up that this morning. You know, the sun is shining as bright as can be. He's believing in that promise of God and, and just kind of like, just everything is great. And in just a few moments, he finds himself in this dark pit, calling out to his brothers, hey, can you help me? And they're just ignoring him because that's where they want him to be. And sometimes I think our life is like that too. We go down the road. It's a beautiful day like today. There's no traffic on the roads. The sun is shining brightly. It's nice and warm. Things are great. Then all of a sudden, there's a pit that we fall into, just like that. And how do we deal with those things? You know, a year and a half ago in January, I was retired for about eight months. And Carrie and I were looking forward to uh, our retirement years and the traveling that we were going to do and the places we were going to see and all the stuff that years of working, you know, we can now enjoy this, uh, this part of our life. Well... She went in for a simple gallbladder operation, an outpatient thing. What is that? A couple hours, right? A little healing and you're done. Well, what we didn't realize at the time that she had an allergic reaction or some kind of reaction to the contrasting dye they used to put her out for the surgery. And just like that, just like being in the pit, her kidneys failed her for 12 days almost on the verge of being on dialysis. Boy, talking about being in a pit, just like Joseph. Life is going well for us. We're going to get this simple surgery out of the way, and then we're hitting the road. No, it doesn't happen that way. Now, from that, you know, we determined, or they determined that, you know what, there was a spot on her kidney. We better look into something like that. Well, there was a cancerous tumor on her kidney. Something from that. Deeper into the pit we went. You know, Lord, what's going on? Just yesterday, the sun was shining. We had all these plans. We had our tickets bought. We're going to Italy. Not so much. Does that happen to you? Has that happened to you? It, right, we heard that this morning. Just like that, things happen in our life. Well, you know, with Joseph, the boys are thinking about what they did. And they say, you know, well, you know, we ought to make something off of this, the kid. So, so there were some travelers going by, and they said that uh, maybe we could sell him to these guys for 20 pieces of silver. So they did that. And these Midianites, or whatever they were, they were headed down to Egypt. You know, and they yank him out of the thing, and Joseph's thinking, well, I'm getting some relief here. I'm getting out of the pit. They, they tied him up. And they dragged them down to Egypt. Sometimes we get a prayer answered. Sometimes for a moment, we think things are fine. And before you know it, the next thing is, we're on the road down to Egypt. And we're going through the cycle of this again. Well, we got through the gallbladder. We got through the kidney failure, we got through the cancerous tumor. Next on the list is a simple parathyroid surgery. Again, simple process. But, not so much. Surgeon gets in there, says, you know, there's an awful lot of scar tissue in there from the last operation you've had, and 
there's not a lot of room in there for me to remove one and a half parathyroid glands. And, and so consequently, I had to dig a little longer and dig a little deeper, and I accidentally nicked the vocal nerve. You're kidding me. Down the road, we're out of the pit, but now we're down the road to Egypt now. Something else is going on. And if you listen to her, she's got a very... I feel like I'm in Disneyland a lot because she sounds like Mickey Mouse. And she communicates very clearly to me now. It's gentle, but she has hand signals. She does these things now when she wants me, and I have to pay attention. And if she really wants me, she goes, that's aggravating. I am praying that this voice comes back somehow, some way, some form. We, we have hope. There's a doctor that says that he can maybe make things a little bit better than what it is. So we're crossing our fingers in that regard. But there we go, from the pit, thinking we're on our way road recovery, now we're on the road down to Egypt. And in Joseph's case, he gets down to Egypt, and where does he go? He goes in the house of Potiphar. And Potiphar sees something special in Joseph. You know, because Joseph, you know, the interesting thing about Joseph, through all the pits that he's been in and the road that he's been on, he's been very consistent. He's still hanging in there to the promise of the Lord. This stuff is not bothering him yet to the point where, you know, he's given up. And that's what we've got to understand, too. We, we may go from the pit to being down the road to Egypt, and it's still not clear enough for us to have the good life we expect it to be, but we can't give up on the Lord that he's not done yet in our life. And you know, the interesting thing the Scripture says that uh, through each of these steps, through the pit, through the travel down Egypt, even into Potiphar's house, there's something that's written in there that applies to you and I as well. And it says, and the Lord was with Joseph. And no matter where you find yourself right now, in your trials and tribulations and journeys and the uncertainty of what you have to look upon yet, the answers aren't there. The Lord was with Joseph as he is with you. And you just got to hang into that fact. There was something about Joseph that just allowed him to bounce back from all these things. And when I was a kid, I think it was about four or five, I can still remember just vaguely that far back in my life. But one Christmas, my parents got me a Bozo the Clown punching bag. He knows. He probably had one of those. Maybe some of you don't know what I'm talking about, but this little rubber thing is about that big, and I was about that big too. And I would wrestle that sucker, and I would just kick it, and I'd punch it and whatever, and it would just come back and hit me every time. I couldn't figure out what's wrong with Bozo. I'd hit him, and he'd come back and hit me in the face. Didn't understand. Joseph had something like that in his spirit, that nothing could put him down. I found out later that the, the reason Bozo could come back up each time I hit him was that there was a three-pound hunk of sand in the bottom of that thing. It was a ballast that gave it the ability to not stay down but come back up. And I translate that to Joseph's life that we have a ballast in our life that does not allow us to stay down. Two things. Joseph believed in God 
And he believed that he was. And that he believed that he could be a rewarder of all things that he asked for in his life. And if you and I believe that in our life, you know what, we'll bounce back from whatever that is. It doesn't mean that you're going to be, you're going to be protected from anything that's going to go wrong in your life. I mean, we're not. We're, we're still going through episodes in our life, and we still got a couple more to go when we get back home. But you know what? We, we have the ability, like Joseph, to know that the Lord is with us, and he's with you. And we know that as Joseph believed in the Lord, and he believed in that dream that God gave him way back when, that he was going to bounce back from any pit that he was in, and any road that he was being dragged down, or any prison that he was going to be into, which happened after he was in Potiphar's house, that no matter where he was, the Lord was taking care of him. He believed in God, and secondly, he believed that he was a child of God. And, and you have to believe that. You've got to know that, that the Lord made each and every one of us as individuals, as crazy as we might be sometimes, and maybe as incompatible as we can be with one another, he made us special in his eyes. He made us as us. And, uh, and he's working with us as individuals. He's got the patience to know that Brother Walt has no patience. You know? And i got to deal with him somehow, you know? And I'm going to put him through pits. And I'm going to drag him down the roads to Egypt. And I'm going to put him in prisons from now and then. But we're going to see what he's made out of. Because if I can believe in God... I can believe that, you know what, he's going to get me through all of this stuff that we go through. And you've got to believe that. And I think you can. I think there's people in here that have had testimonies. I know that. I don't think that. I know there are testimonies in here of the fact that, that you've been in pits. And you've been dragged down the road down to Egypt. And then you've been in prisons of some type. And I'm talking about your health. And I'm talking about finances. And I'm talking about relationships. And I'm talking about anything that, about life in itself. We've seen it all here. Some of you are beyond the circumstance right now. Some of you are just getting into it right now. But know for a fact that if you believe in God and if you can just go with that, that idea that you know that you're one of God's children and he will never let anything harm you to the point that you can't handle it because he's in your life. He'll get you through it. We were doing a study up in Denver. <clears throat> a fellow named Max Lucado. He's a Christian author, he, if you've read any of his books, he's pretty down to earth and common sense. And, and he talks about everyday life. And he, uh, he has this lesson plan that we've been studying up there, and it's called uh, You'll Get Through This. And he's got this little mantra that says, You'll get through this. It won't be painless, and it won't be quick, but God's going to use this mess for good. In the meantime, he says, don't be foolish, don't be naive, just know that God is going to take care of you. So whatever circumstance you find yourself in, God's going to get you through it. There's no guarantee that it won't be painless. Talk to my wife about that. There's no guarantee that it's going to be quick. Again, she can be a testimony to that again. This is a year and a half process that's going on now, and we've got ways to go yet. But you know what? We've got to believe that we'll get through it. You know why I believe that? Because I look around here, and I see the testimonies of you who've been through it. 
That gives me that gives me hope. This morning I was discouraged listening to every issue that came forth, the prayers that we offered. Then I gotta remember our own life. I gotta stop for a minute and remember Joseph. The pits, the roads, the prisons. Remember the words that he'll get you through it. We can't give up on God. He won't give up on us. No matter how much we have to endure, he will not give up on us. We'll give up first. And we can't let that happen. You know, when it was all said and done, I don't know how many years it took from the time that Joseph got dumped into the pit and the, the times that he went to, to down to Egypt and into the Potiphar's house and then into prison and then get disappointed because he had hope that these two characters that he interpreted dreams with would tell the Pharaoh that, you know, there's a guy down here that can help. One of them died, couldn't tell him. The other one forgot. And he had to live down in that prison for a little bit longer until Pharaoh had these dreams and nobody could interpret it. And then the butler said, well, wait a minute. I know this guy down here that helped me. Maybe he can help you. And he brought him up. You know, remember what I said? That every step of the way, it said the Lord was with Joseph. It took a little while from when he interpreted the butler's dream to when the butler remembered that this guy can interpret dreams that, you know what, he could help. The Lord was with Joseph all during that time. And he had to have peace wherever he was at. Actually, you know, we know for a fact that he had peace because he was, he was headed up to prison, you know, when he was there. So every pit that he was in or every stop he was down the road, he rose to a level that the Lord blessed him accordingly. And that gave him the confidence, no doubt, to endure another episode. So he gets to be now the right-hand man to Pharaoh in all of Egypt. And this famine comes. After seven years of bountiful harvest, there comes seven years, which was the prediction in the dream. After those seven years, uh, Jacob and his brothers are looking for food. And they look at Egypt and they say, look at there's plenty of food here. Let's go. They don't even know anymore. As far as they're concerned, Joseph's gone. These guys took him, and we don't know where he's at, but he's out of the picture. They forgot about the jealousy and whatever. But Joseph didn't. Joseph knew all along who these people were. And they finally reunite again, years and years later. And Joseph sees them, and he sees his brothers, and he says something that, that I want you to remember as you're going through your struggles too, because I have to remember this too, because it's not easy watching your, your best friend suffer in situations that you can't handle. But Joseph said to his brothers, says, uh, but as for you, he says, you thought evil against me, but God meant it for good. It doesn't make sense why you have to kind of go through the anxiety of the troubles that you have. But just have confidence to know that God's in control of your life in spite of what you have to go through. And although we may think that this stuff that's befallen us is evil, 
Just remember, God's with you as he was with Joseph. And anything you might think is evil, God really may be preparing us for something that would be tremendously good in our life. We just don't know when. We just don't know what. But we heard a testimony from Brother Art here that gave us promise after all the other stories I've heard that you had a clean bill of health, right? You know what? What started out to be evil in a disease turned out to be good in a testimony that I can uplift us. We all are going through these things right now. So just remember that whatever it is that you're going through now, you'll get through it. It won't be painless. It won't be quick. But God's going to use this mess for good. In the meantime, keep the faith. Don't be foolish. Don't be naive. Don't panic. Believe in God. Believe that He is. He's a rewarder of those of us that diligently serve Him. And just remember, you're a child of His. And He's made a promise that no children of His will fall upon any harm. We may struggle in this life, but you know what? This is not all that we're working for. It tells us in the Book of Mormon, right, that this is a probationary state. It's our time to kind of prepare for that everlasting life that we're going to have later, where we're not going to have any illnesses and any diseases and anything that's going to disrupt our peace in our life. May God bless you is my prayer. That uh, if, if you're not going through any struggle right now, God bless you. Because you will. And for those of us that are going through struggles now, I'm just saying keep the faith. Because maybe we could be standing on our feet at some point in time praising the Lord as Brother Art did that, you know what? I'm okay. He got me through it this time. But it's life. It's the cycle of life. It's what happens for us all. But never lose the faith. Always remember that as with Joseph, the Lord is with you wherever you may be. May God bless you. I trust you enjoyed the message of our beloved brother, Walt. We have known him for many years. In fact, I knew him when he was dating his wife back in Ohio. And he wasn't yet a member of the Church of Jesus Christ. And we thank God for the growth we have seen in our brother and the development that he has come forward to become one of God's servants. I just want to say, I think that the summation of his story of Joseph today is a win-win situation. Would you not agree? That whether we live or whether we die, whether we're suffering or not suffering, it's a win situation for those who love and serve God. I remember visiting Sister Gloria, who's in our midst this morning, Sister Gloria Cole, when she had her stroke, and I said these words to her, remember, nothing can keep you down when Jesus Christ picks you up. Brother Mo said, those are profound words. Now, I don't know if they are not, but he thinks of uh, maybe developing a song in that regard. Remember, nothing can keep you down when Jesus Christ picks you up. I think of our low points in life, and we can go back many, many years. I go back when I was 22 years young, and uh, of course, my father was very ill at 49, and he was uh, so ill that our brother Apostle Rocco Biscotti anointed him, and he spoke in the gift of tongues. And he wasn't healed. He died at 49. That's pretty young. 
Well, to a young man like me, a young Joseph in the pit, I felt pretty bad about it, and I didn't know what to do. So I got on my knees, the only thing I was taught to do, and asked the Lord for direction. I got up from prayer, was a long prayer, I opened my Bible at random, and I opened to the fifth chapter of Romans. You may want to look at it sometime. It's one of the most difficult scriptures that I've ever read in my life. It says in that scripture that we should joy in tribulations. I want to see somebody's hand go up that is happy when they have a problem. I don't see any hands, including my own. It's a joy in tribulations because tribulations work the experience, and experience work the patience. Well, that didn't mean too much to me either, but as I continued to read and got to the 13th chapter of Corinthians, I, re I recognized that charity suffers long. How long is long? And what kind of suffering are we talking about? And so I understood that it is kind, its patience vaunteth not itself, is not lifted up, and consequently that without charity, none of us can enter the kingdom of God. So I came to the conclusion, right or wrong, that it's a process that we go through as brothers and sisters in Christ, and we take the bitter with the sweet. The Book of Mormon says we wouldn't know the sweet if we didn't know the bitter. We wouldn't know wellness if we didn't know sickness. We wouldn't know anger if we didn't know peacefulness. There's an opposition to all things. And as a result, as we grow in, grow in wisdom and understanding, we begin to recognize that this is part of life. We may not like it because that's exactly what we're facing, but Jesus went to Calvary. And if he recalls when he was on Calvary, he said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Sometimes that's our prayer as well. But he finally said, not my will, but thy will be done. And sometimes it's difficult. Now, this last week, uh, I didn't tell everybody this story, but I, I was in uh, Monday. I spent all day Monday in ER. And from my bed, I called Brother uh, Bert, who was also in ER. I didn't know he was in ER. I heard he was in ER. So I said, well, I guess we have something in common. We're both in ER. Well, why are you in? And he told me a story. And I said, well, I don't know why I'm here. I know I had a terrific pain in my back and my left kidney, a sharp pain that I never had in my life. And I called my doctor on Friday night. And he said to me, well, he said, uh, if you can bear the pain, bear the pain. Well, I didn't say anything last Sunday I was here. I bore the pain because I have a pretty good threshold for pain. But on Monday, I ended up going to the ER. Well, they take the blood test, they take the urine test, they take all the other tests they do, uh, not the MRI, but the other tests, the CAT scan. And they found out that there was blood in my urine, and as a result, I had probably passed a stone. Well, I have never, I had one other pain like that once before. It was in California. But this body is the way it is. We all get into that pit. But as our brother talked about the story of Joseph, there is a brighter side to the story when he became the leader of Egypt, and he was able to feed all those that were, uh, as a result of the famine, that were his brothers and sisters and family and the population. We don't know exactly why at the time we go through whatever it is that we're facing. But we know with God, all things are possible. And we know that we're not exempt from the pains and the agonies and stresses of life. And therefore, it's imperative. I'm a realist idealist. I think... Uh, I, some people live in the clouds. You're always going to be young. You're always going to be beautiful. You're always going to be handsome. You're always going to be uh, without illness. And, that's not true. The re this is reality of life. 
it goes like this. It goes up and down. And we're here to stabilize our faith in our relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God who promises that where he is now, we will be also if we keep his commandments, if we serve in spirit and in truth. And that's what it's all about, that we serve God today, recognizing that remember when we were down, nothing will pick you up but Jesus Christ. And that's why we're here, to serve God. It's The salvation concept is a selfish concept. We're here because I can only save my soul. You can only save your soul. You're responsible for your soul. I am responsible to a degree to lead and guide you and shepherd you along the wayside and also maybe be a prop or maybe be a support system when you go through the trials or tribulations or whatever trial you have. But to, to be strong in the time of tribulation, joy in tribulations, how in the world can one be happy that they've got a problem? I don't care if it's financial, I don't care if it's economic, I don't care if it's spiritual, I don't care if it's, if it's physical, whatever it might be, we all want things to be perfect at all times, and that it is not. That is not how life works. And consequently, we need to strengthen our faith and re recognize with surety, if we serve God in spirit and truth, he will never forsake us, he will never lead us. We need people like our brothers here on the Rockham. We need the AJ, the urologist, we need our brother who's a, a meat packer and does all the work he does. We need everybody in this room that we are the family of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we share those testimonies with each other that make us strong. And we know that if you've overcome, I can also overcome. But we need to cause our faith to be amalgamated together in one as a well. If a well is strong, if our faith is strong, we will be survivors in anything and everything that we go through. We've all been through uh, all kinds of pathways in life, physically, emotionally. I remember the time that we were destitute, four children to feed, no job, had all these degrees and no job, couldn't find a job, couldn't pay for a job. And I had to pick up my tools as a bricklayer and humble myself and get back to the basics of life, say, Lord, I'll do whatever I have to do to feed my family. But don't let my children get sick. We couldn't afford any insurance. We couldn't afford anything. But God will lift us up. God will strengthen us. Is that not the God we serve? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? The same God that took care of Joseph in the coat of many colors? The one that was also provided for his brothers when they hit the famine? The same God lives today, and he's strong, and he's real, and he proves it, through, he proves it from time to time, and our faith that we can... Press forward the mark of eternal perfection. And if we hold on to the rod of iron, as written, as written in the Book of Mormon, it doesn't matter who points their finger our way. We know in whom we have believed. And consequently, we are persuaded to keep that which we've committed, as the Apostle Paul said, until the end. May God add his blessing. May we be strong. May we trust him. Remember 118.8 says in Psalm, that put not your faith and trust in the arm of flesh, but put your, arm, put your faith in the arm of God. And so we are here trusting in God and obeying his commandments. And if we do so, we will be the benefactors. We will grow. We will uh, be over overcome. There's nothing that we cannot overcome. With God, all things are possible. May God his blessings, my prayer.